unjustifiably people tend to shy away from watching chewing gum but they really seem to relate to fleabag where i think only a small section of society actually can relate to this woman because she comes from an upper class upbringing like she has a shop like how many people can say yeah i've got a shop my dad's rich my sister works in the city and stuff like that so i was quite i was quite uh put out that less people related to chewing gum majority of the society is like that it took until the 21st century to have a a a initiative to bring more diversity to the bbc which is just just blows my mind sometimes welcome to geek sweat it is the end of 2020 and it's time for our annual geeky awards Yay! Joining me for this special episode are TJ, Howdy, MKH, hey, and Jamie. Hey, everyone, and hello to you, Don. Well, hello to you too, Jamie. Great to be here. We somehow made it through another year, and what a year it's been! What a year it's been! No, seriously, what a year it has been. Oh, 2020. So hard. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> 2020. Um, MKH, do you have any personal highlights of 2020? Um, I think my highlight is that you've decided to live in the forest. That's that's a great <laughs> end of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> it's all too much. I've gone off grid. Yeah, completely. You don't trust the government or anything. No, I think my highlight of 2020 is that I got to, um, I guess, catch up with a lot of um, TV series. I actually got to watch them and and do proper notes. So I think I've taken my um, filming scrutiny to the next level, if if nothing else, in 2020. Oh yeah, and I went to Italy. I went to Italy. I don't know why I did that. That's racist. But yeah, I went to Italy as well. Highlights there. Nice. That was before like the restrictions kicked in. Oh, before I, I went, I sandwiched. So it was the meat filler to the lockdown sandwich. So I went in between lockdown one and lockdown two. Wow. So you actually really made the most of that brief period of freedom. Absolutely. Any gap, I'm in there. Actually, that sounds a bit rapey. Never mind. We'll take that out. <laughs> Any old goal. Any old goal. Oh, that sounds so bad. <sighs> uh, moving on. Um, TJ, what were your personal highlights of 2020? Um, yeah, just before I get into my personal highlights, it looks like um, you are you stepped into the apocalyptic region of 2020 with the wasteland oh. behind you. So, I'm waiting uh, for the zombies to start chasing him. Yeah, or I hope those zombies come out or like military men in like black suits and dark glasses. But uh, yeah, stay safe though. Um, I think- I, I always feel like that when I go to Essex on any occasion. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd say my highlights for 2020, um, I've got a new appreciation for advert jingles after Snoop Dogg's collaboration with Just Eat. So, um, and that's not a promotion of the food. I, I just think it was quite a clever combination to see. And um, and it is, probably speaks to the problems of 2020, that that was one of the more uplifting memories of the year. Um, Film-wise, uh, I've got to say that um, even though Christopher Nolan, I still think is one of the best uh, directors of all time, I think he probably wore his... Um, 
um, Jesus Christ Superstar of the film's mantle too high when he was trying to save the film industry with the the release of uh, Tenet in the cinema. So that one probably hasn't worked out as well. So we've seen a lot of... Um, it's, it's kind of weird. Like It's like watching giants trip over their shoelaces because there's been a lot of big films that were supposed to come out this year that either have not been well received, like, um, let's say, Mulan and perhaps Bad Boys uh, for life. And there's some that just fail to go to market, like... Um, uh, Black Widow and um, what's his name? June. So it's been a strange year where the um, the big budget movies haven't been able to cut the mustard as they used to. That was a massive like highlight. <laughs> <laughs> you basically just recapped the whole year for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Well, wrong the year that. in film. <laughs> <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, it's been a horrible year for, for the film industry, hasn't it? So, you know, and I, I, I'm, I'm too lazy to subscribe, even though it's probably easier to subscribe than it is to actually go to the cinema. Um, no, so, well, highlights. You know, there was just so many films I was looking forward to this year that I just couldn't see. So I'm I'm sad based. So no highlights for me really. Although I was surprised that um, you know, at the beginning of the year with the uh, the awards. Um, so yeah, that was kind of like just before lockdown kind of hit everyone. So mm. yeah, no 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 real highlights for me. I'm sad faced. You know, you know, the Holmes was oh. quite good. The what? You know, the Holmes that was quite good. No. No, the homes on Netflix. Well, yeah, but I mean, would you call it a highlight though? I mean, like, I, a, a year full of pandemic, having a female teenage lead mm. in a big budget film. I don't know. That could be a highlight. Come on, you, you're supposed. To, well, I shouldn't say oh, that. But you're supposed mate. to be the women representation on this podcast, Jamie. <laughs> Yeah. And I suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, know, I, know. I clearly, I'm not doing my. I'm not. You hate the women role. more than me. Oh, actually, no, Trevor. <laughs> and, and actually, no, no for female empowerment. I think Netflix would have done well to have done an offshoot where it was Superman versus L from Stranger Things because I think that's a fight that a lot of people would have liked to have seen. Almost like Greta Thunberg having a smackdown with Donald Trump. <laughs> that would only go one way. Head. Yeah, Superman just lays off her head. That wouldn't even be a fight. <laughs> Superman uh. wouldn't even need to change costume for that. Yeah, but she could lift Superman off the ground and throw him into a wall or something like that, you know? Which he would perfectly go through. <laughs> <laughs> Clark Kent would kill Elle. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here for... well, she doesn't have strength. She's just, she just like has like. Telekinesis. Yeah. And a nosebleed, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and she she can't even she doesn't even have but, the longevity. But you know what? I, I feel like we've stumbled into the most geek sweat conversation we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> what if Superman had an aversion to blood? That means every time she had a nosebleed, like Superman might faint. Now, what she would need to do yeah. is have a massive nosebleed and then rub all the um, all the blood because Superman can he not see through iron? What's what's the what's the material you can't see through? Lead. Lead. I oh, lead. Never mind. No, there's no lead in blood. Never yeah. mind. That was a stupid yeah. analogy. Sorry. Unless you've got lead poisoning. Mm. Yeah. Even then, <laughs> yeah. It's just, even then, it's just a small quantity. 
Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, the takeaway here is whatever the situation in the world today, we can always entertain ourselves with a geeky discussion for hours. Because <laughs> what else are you going to do? Seriously. <laughs> yeah, that was some deep Stay cut. positive, peeps. Yeah, some deep cut geek sweat material there. Yeah. Anyway, really what are we was. here for, Dom? What the hell are we here doing? We're here, we're here for awards. We're here for yes. awards, man. Well, this hey. is a psychology cult meeting. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm here to see if um, Dom gets chased up the hill by zombies at the moment. <laughs> it's like it's coronavirus as you've never known it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wait for Dom to, uh, to show us like a, a, a bear that's been slipped from chin down to crutch. And he's saying, yeah, I've been living in here for the past two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> like Bear Grylls style. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, brilliant <laughs> yeah yeah I'll be showing you how to like you know make a shelf out of this hedgerow after the show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shall we do some awards yeah yes, let's do it yes. let's do it back to yes. the geeky. so back to the geeky so these awards have been voted by all four of us and Neo Geo on the ones and twos and yes. Cody we have all contributed, all six of us. So it is a very, very comprehensive awards. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, is this, Jamie, is this your first awards? Is this your first Geekies? No, my second one. Oh, okay. You know, how, remember last year how, like, my vote somehow didn't make it into the pile? <laughs> you know what? You know, well, you know what I was well, doing? <laughs> that was a premonition of 2020. Yeah, I was <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> we were, it was the our me too moment but what i was gonna say <laughs> i amalgamated um you, <laughs> you, you and and akosh for some reason never mind no you were there last year no thanks <laughs> oh, i look nothing like akosh thank you very much no no i'm not saying no <laughs> i was trying to figure out whether we've had it, never mind i know you don't look like yeah. akosh, akosh what i was saying Akosh, Akosh was there for one year. Akosh yes. was there for one he year. Was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. The show that was never went to air because yeah. um, G.I. <laughs> He's in a stolen episode. Just recording got stolen. He's oh, in the lost no. tapes. Lost tapes. <laughs> These are the lost yeah. tapes. Yeah. It is okay. the, um, <laughs> like the holy grail of yeah. um, Geek Sweat bootlegs. <laughs> yeah. No, and to, to be fair, if you thought last year was a mess, you should have seen the first year we did it, Jamie. <laughs> it, was, it was a nuclear fallout. It was horrible. But yeah, yeah it's, no. it's like the it's like whenever they release a new PlayStation, I always like to let it kind of like simmer a little bit, let all the um you the know, the rough cuts get yeah. smoothed out. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the same with Geek Sweat. I joined yeah. later on when things had got smoothed out a little bit. <laughs> we've been using Very microphones. No, seriously, we've been using microphones and computers since its inception. But this is the first time we've bothered to use an online flipping <laughs> survey to do the geekies. We were using pen and paper yeah. up until <laughs> 2019. It wasn't environmentally friendly. I think we probably yeah. killed two rainforests. It was the worst. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to introduce you to Survey Monkey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Louise. <laughs> you know yes. I think there's foxes wandering around London because of the amount of paper that we've used. <laughs> no homes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but back to you, Dom. Sorry for interrupting. All right, yeah. let's let's go. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would say let's go straight in, but we've been like doing this for a while already. So last year, last year, um, 
we had the category disappointment of the year. But we all thought, you know what, it would be laughable to have a category called disappointment of the year in 2020. I mean, like, who cares if the current season of Killing Eve is a bit disappointing in the context of a global pandemic? So we scrapped <laughs> disappointment of the year and we've done surprise greatness of the year. We're going to be positive. So this category is all about the things, unexpected things that we liked in 2020. Mm. So TJ, what are the categories? Okay, so the categories are the nominees. The nominees. So the nominees. The nominees for surprise greatness of the year (laughs) includes Parasite winning the Best Picture Oscar, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney buying AFC Rexon. What the hell does it have to do with film? They're two film stars. They're film stars. Mangrove. Mangrove uh, being one of the small acts um, series episodes featuring on primetime BBC One. Community, uh, the online reunion and read-through of season five, episode four, which was cooperative polygraphy featuring Pedro Pascal. And the Queen's Gambit making chess sexy again and causing a 1,000% spike in sales of chess sets. Did it make chess sexy again? Wasn't ever sexy in the first place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it probably made chess players look sexy. I'm not sure if it can if you can ever make chess look sexy. Yeah. Did, did the che- I haven't seen the Queen's Gambit, so I can't um, really attest to that. I, I've seen um, the trailers and stuff. Yeah, it's probably the one thing out of the category I didn't actually see because I knew you guys were going to review it, and I didn't actually purposely listen to your spoiler actually it wasn't much spoilers in your review but what i was going to say the 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 girl who stars actually looks like um another woman who starred in um what's it called the unbreakable kimmy schmidt okay and because she has ginger hair doesn't she um she's got ginger hair she's got red hair for the Queen's Gambit, but I think yeah. she might Big. be blonde or black-haired in real life. She's, she's a natural blonde, but... Yeah, blonde hair. But, so, exactly. So, I think the fact that she was ginger kind of tried to bring sexy to chess. Yeah. Because, um, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Never been a chess fan. I, I hate when they hit on the top of the clocks. I think that's really silly. Yeah. I'm more of, a, like, a, a checkers player. Yeah, yeah. It my simplicity. I think but, that like does explain the lack of timekeeping on this show. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. We don't have a clock for each time <laughs> we speak. But um, yeah, I, I, um, I would purposely say it didn't bring back. It didn't bring sexy to chess. It bring back sexy to chess. It actually introduced sexiness to chess, and that is because they had a female lead as well. Yeah. Okay. By the way, if you do watch the Queen's Gambit MKH, there is a lot of hitting the top of the clock action. So you'll have to overcome that if you want to see the show. Yeah, I don't know now, guys. I think you've seen it said. <laughs> well, that's the deal breaker for you. If yeah. you look at the history of ch- uh, chess and films, I mean, the last one would have been Toby Maguire playing Bobby Fischer in um, Porn Sacrifice. And then after that, you've got documentaries. So this is probably more, more colourful and vibrant 
um, characters, even versus fictional ones. By the way, there is a winner to this category, um, which we haven't announced yet. (laughs) But aren't we allowed to discuss the nominations before we reveal the winner? Or we just... just, Uh, Is that not what we're doing? I thought we discussed them after we revealed the winner. Oh, oh, okay. You've just discussed the winner. Sorry. Reveal the winner. We haven't even revealed the winner. Who was the winner? We haven't revealed the winner. We have... A joint winner, our oh, joint really? winner in we do we do have a joint winner. Our joint winner in this category is Parasite winning the Best Picture Oscar and the Queen's Gambit making chess sexy again. Wow! How, how do we how do we break this deadlock? Reload. Do we do we have to have one winner? Um, okay, there are three of us. Um, I mean, we could do a, four of us. We could do a snap poll to break the deadlock. Well, you've you've announced it, so you don't get a vote. I think it should be out of us. I don't, I'm not I'm not going for this joint winner business. This this is not what I'm about. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> we can we see your terrorist terrorist proclivities oozing out of the screen already. Um, okay, I'll say parasite. Jamie, I'll say parasite as well. Well, then Parasite won because I was going to say Parasite as well. But um, yeah, no joke. Hey, it's the democratic process that matters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously. I mean, like, no one knew that was going to win best film. I mean, like, um, yeah. Huge I know, surprise. I, think, I actually thought it was an outstanding film when it came out, and I was fortunate enough to see it in the November before the Oscar nomination. So I couldn't see anything that was really close to it because there wasn't a lot of... I mean, Knives Out is a good um, murder mystery, but it wasn't like a world-class film, you know? But here's the thing, though. I think it's the first time a foreign film, foreign language film has won. Is that correct? Am I right that's correct. I think that's correct, Yeah. yeah. So, you know, for me, just that alone, it was a big surprise that it was even in the running. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's a big breakthrough. But I think you're talking about a director who's had, like, 10 or or 15 years of, like, big, uh, commendable hits and um, acclaimed movies. So it was almost like a late recognition, almost like the way, um, for me, it resonated in the same way that uh, Mike Scorsese got his Oscar for the party. Even though Departed probably wasn't his best film, uh, it was like a recognition of his uh, previous work. So this was a Korean film, wasn't it? Yes. Do do you think the Oscars now regrets that they awarded best film to a Korean film called Parasite um, after the world has been savaged by the China virus? The China virus. You've got to say it with the actual China China virus. I think that's a connection only uh, Donald Trump would make. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if it was Donald Trump, he would say he, he never actually won. He won. I think it's... Um, Parasite has been a very interesting word because I think on Netflix, there's a Japanese anime called Parasite which kind of shot back up to the top of the um, algorithm rankings as well. I, I did enjoy the film. I, I watched it as well. Um, I think people say it won because of um, there was a 
dislike for um the rich and powerful i don't know whether that's true yeah. um i just think it was actually i it was a fantastic film but i wouldn't have minded knives out winning because i did think knives out was a brilliant brilliantly shot um, written and i've got a lot of love for knives out and yeah. um you know i wish that it wasn't completely swept away you know if it's one best screenplay or something that yeah exactly good. yeah um but yeah, Parasite was but, cool. But it's undeniable that Parasite, it's a, a significant thing for what it represents, apart mm. from being a great film. Do you, do you think another foreign language film will ever win again? No. I don't know. Really? I, think, I mean, I think it's a you know, there's a precedent now. The pandemic happened the last time they let it happen, so I don't think they will. <laughs> <laughs> Cause and effect, dear. Cause yeah. and effect. <laughs> you know how paranoid these Hollywood types are? <laughs> but you know how t- well to be was- fair you know that is as scientific as anything that's in tenet yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. should we jump into the next category oh uh, yeah. we should yes okay yeah. what is our next category okay so there's quite a few to choose from but i think should we, we go should- with best actress best oh, sorry actress? i jumped the gun okay. there yeah yeah okay let's go for best actress so this female actor. Female actor. You guys. We're, we're going on the Oscars and BAFTAs you title. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. So the nominations for best female actor include Jesse Buckley from the feature film I'm Thinking of Ending Things, Anya Taylor-Joy from the Netflix series The Queen's Gambit, Rhea Seahorn from the series now on Netflix, Better Call Saul, and Dolly Wells for the BBC uh, period drama Dracula. Right. By the way, if I can pull uh, what we're going to call pulling an Anya on you now, um, I think it's Ray Seahorn. Ray Seahorn. Okay. No, no, not Raya, just Ray. Ray. Okay. She actually okay. tweeted about it. It's pronounced Ray, like R A Y. Do you know, the first time I came across that name was, um, I think it's Danny DeVito's wife, Raya Perlman, in uh, mm. right. So I think I've always said it like that from there, but I stand corrected. No, that's all right. Again. I mean, <laughs> as always, every single day of my life. Bend over and take it, man. Okay. Hey, season of goodwill. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So who, who's our winner or champion in this category? Let's... Let's find out. Our winner in our category, can you tell I'm stalling? Our winner in our category is... <laughs> He's literally pulling the, the winner out of his ass. <laughs> what, literally? Yeah. I've, I've, it's on a phone. <laughs> <laughs> and where's that phone? Your phone's gone into a dark place. So. Here we go. Ah, the winner of Best Actress, Best Female Actor is... Ray Seahorn for Better Call Saul. Oh, yeah. Wow. Cool. No, bit I'm of a happy surprise. About that. I'm happy about that. Why are you so happy about that? Because okay. I think she, she was the linchpin that kind of held um, up until, because I think he's in the fifth or sixth season right now. I think she was a linchpin that held everything together in Better Call Saul. She was, um, I guess, the heart of the show. Yeah. Whereas Saul is. Um, I don't know, the crafty intellectual guy. And I don't think people would have warmed to that uh, spin-off as much if she wasn't in the show. 
I think you're right. I mean, it's kind of a show about a man who loses his humanity because at the start, you know, for all his faults, he's a good guy. What can you say? He's like a good guy, basically, when it comes down to it. And he becomes Mm. a guy who completely loses his way and Mm. becomes completely amoral. And we kind of see that through the eyes of the character played by Ray Seahorn. And it makes it a lot sadder and deeper. I mean, how does, as, as a counterpart to the main character, Turning Bad, or Breaking Bad, as it were, how does she compare to Anna Dunn's Skylar One? I hate Skylar. Spoken like a true misogynist. I can't comment because <laughs> I haven't seen Better Call Saul. So no, I've, I'm going to be quiet. But you've seen Skylar, haven't you, um, Jamie? Skylar? Have I seen Skylar? No. Oh, Breaking Bad. Breaking no. Bad, shall I say. She's just no. an, a thoroughly unlikable character. But is she unlikable or is she the moral conscious that Walter White doesn't want to address? Because she seems to be the, the main character who really opposes Walter White with any deal of success. Because Wait, hold on. You think she, Walter White dies. she was not at the moral centre to Walter White's evil uh, drug lord. She paralysed that guy and then she still threatened him while he was in a bed. She was just as bad as Walter, but um, she she decided to take the moral high ground for some reason. But yeah, she and she she was the one who had the uh, the affair, and she was now. Nah, I I think they purposely wrote her not to be likable. Whereas um, uh, it's Ray, isn't it? Ray, right, Ray, yeah, yeah. In um, she she. She does stuff. So there was there was an episode where she tricked a guy out of getting leaving his house uh, because the people she was representing wanted um, wanted the land. But she she did it for a greater good. Yeah. Um, and you could tell it was it was a she was in a moral quandary and she didn't feel great about it. Whereas yeah. I think when Skylar did stuff, she was like, "Yeah, I feel I feel really macho and stuff like that." That's the reason I, I would say they weren't they weren't similar. Okay, so she was playing Kim Wexler, the kind of the good cop, bad cop of lawyers, as it were. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad about that. I would say um, I'm glad that Jesse Buckley has been nominated, and she could very well have won because it's a uh, really interesting complex performance that she gave in I'm thinking of ending things and without any spoilers the performance becomes better once you've seen it once if you watch it a second time in the light of the twist at the end it's an even better performance yeah and there's a breaking bad connection there as well because Jesse Clemens is in that yeah Yeah, the two Jessies Jesse Clemens is also good although I think if you had to choose Jesse Buckley edges it because simply because she has more to do because um, the final twist, again, without revealing too much, is more on her character. Sound assessment, Dom. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> I do try. <laughs> and, uh, I have and no assessment because I haven't seen it. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Jamie. I know. She's getting paid the same much as us. She's doing. She's getting this paid the same as us, and she's doing half the work. Do you see that, everyone? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like Wimbledon <laughs> tennis. Yeah. What? <laughs> Dom, if you were right here, I'd slap you right now. <laughs> An equal, a key opportunity slap for both. Let's go to the next category, um, which is uh, best 
male actor. And uh, we've got a few candidates that are interesting to talk about. Uh, very ethnically diverse. Uh, we have Jesse Plemons, who we've already spoken about from I'm Thinking of Ending Things. We have Dev Patel from The Personal History of David Copperfield. We've also got Sasha, Sasha Baron Cohen, even, from Borat 2. And to complete our multicultural quadruple, we have Chadwick Boseman, uh, RIP, from The Five Bloods. Right. So the question is, will it be a posthumous award for Chadwick Boseman? Would it be a somehow not posthumous award for Sasha Baron Cohen? Although we'll find out in a minute. a lot of times for making Borat too, I think. Yeah, especially that Rudy Giuliani bit, but well yeah. done for getting that footage. That's all I can say about that. Yeah. So, MKH, if you're going to like this, um, we've got joint winners. Oh my goodness, yeah. what is that with you guys? As it stands, we've got joint winners. The indecisive award show. <laughs> That is dangerous. Okay. So the, the, as it stands, the joint winners are Dev Patel for the personal history of David Copperfield and okay. inevitably Chadwick Boseman for Defy Bloods. Okay. So um, what are we going to do here? Are we going to let the joint winners stand or are we going to take a snap poll to no, end the deadlock? I think we should do a snap poll. Snap poll. Malachi says no. Yeah, I, I'm going with Chadwick. <laughs> I'm going with Chadwick um, basically because it's a posthumous award and I think he needs a year of uh, recognition. Excellent. Yeah. You Jamie, are you carrying the motion? There's no point in me voting because no, you've got to you impress Jamie. You want to see if you're heartless or not? Go and who are you, who are you going <laughs> for, Jamie? I'm going to say Chadwick. Yay! There we go. Oh. Yay! For Chadwick. It's a clean sweep. Yeah, who who yeah, played for um, Dev? I need to know. <laughs> so, so I can break um, my legs. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not how democracy works. Um, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. It wasn't me. But I I voted for Chadwick Boseman as well. Cool. So I'm I'm very happy is with that, that right for recognition. Is that Don throwing like Geo and Stephen under the basket? Um, um yeah. it is. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> without naming any Stevens, I mean names. Yeah, it's, it's a mathematical <laughs> probability. But let, let's let's get to the next category, and we've got breakthrough of the year. And again, as ethnically diverse as the best actors was, we've got some more uh, diversity going on again, and different um, categories of uh, actor here. So breakthrough of the year includes in the nominations Michaela Cole for her BBC series I May Destroy You. Anya Taylor-Joy, again, for her appearance and performance in The Queen's Gambit. And our regular face and seemingly newcomer, Millie Bobby Brown, for her one-off featurette in Nola Holmes. And Emerald Fennell for her role in The Crown. Over to you, Dom. The winner of Breakthrough of the Year Oh, it's baked for the year. That's like bake off. I'll do that again. <laughs> it's pretty cold out here now. Is that your way of saying women, female actors should get back in the kitchen, though? <laughs> I think that says more about you than me. You would immediately <laughs> go there. <laughs> the winner of Breakthrough of the Year yeah. is That's good. Michaela Cole for A Maid Destroy You. Woo! Nice. Woo! 
Ooh, I live with that. Clean one. Yeah, I could live with that. So that's, that's quite a good. Uh, yeah, no, good stuff. Well done, guys. I mean, has how does anyone see her role as a, a kind of a white rat now, considering that she was formerly of chewing gum fame on Channel Four? Do you do you feel that I may destroy you as a, an evolution in her work, or was that always in her locker? Um, definitely evolution, I, I believe, because she was doing the stage show of um, chewing gum for years before it got picked up by TV. So I'm guessing she comes more from a comedic angle, and this was obviously a more serious role for her. And they gave her a whole series, which was really nice. We we did see her play, a, I would say, a serious role in that Black Mirror episode, um, where it was like a a um a parody of the starship enterprise and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean she also I, had a memorable cameo in the episode downhill as well. Yeah. So nosedive. I, no, nosedive. Yeah, I'll nosedive, yeah. Yeah. So I I, I I quite liked how her career's going so far. Oh yeah, she was in two black mirrors actually. She was in Nosedive and USS Callison. Well well read. Yeah. I mean, do, yeah. you, do you feel there's any influence that Phoebe Waller-Bridge had on her career? Or do you feel that no. Phoebe Waller-Bridge's Bridge, success with Fleabag has kind of opened the door for more female writers uh, to come on at the BBC? I, 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 I could be wrong. But I thought Chewing Gum came up before Fleabag. I know they were both doing the stage shows because they're both stage yeah. adaptations. They were yeah. doing it around the same time. Yeah. But I thought Chewing Gum got a TV spot before Fleabag. And this is on Channel 4, but I'm talking about BBC, like opening the door to female writers um, coming in. in But I think that was a new mandate, though, wasn't there, to to try and include more females as well as um, diversity. So I think that was part of their mandate anyway. So I think it might have happened regardless. Yeah, that's what I don't like about the BBC because it's supposed to be a public broadcaster, but you got people like places like Channel Four taking more risks than them. Like, yeah. it wasn't really a risk having like a posh, uh, straight white woman do a show. I don't think. I think it was more of a risk of having, um, yeah, the girl from Chewing Gum, and um, I don't really like to compare the two because um, I, I feel that unjustifiably people tend to shy away from watching chewing gum but they really seem to relate to fleabag where i think only a small section of society actually can relate to this woman because she comes from an upper class upbringing like she has a shop like how many people can say yeah i've got a shop my dad's rich my sister works in the city and stuff like that so i was quite i was quite uh put out that less people related to chewing gum majority of the society is like that it took until the 21st century to have a a a initiative to bring more diversity to the bbc which is just just blows my mind sometimes Mm. yeah i would say this probably isn't the moment in time to shit on the bbc too much because we've got a government who's trying very hard to put it out of business Mm. yeah absolutely no I, i i agree with you there um and I feel, actually, no, we won't go down this political rabbit hole. Never mind. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it there. Leave yeah. it there. Let's distract ourselves with another uh, category. Yes, uh, please. We've got another category coming through, and I think this might be our final one, because I think we only had four this time, um, which is best film. And, and we've got best TV series as well. Oh, okay. I stand corrected. I'll, I'll, I'll make best TV series the penultimate one. So, for best TV series, we have Small Apps featuring Mangrove, Lovers Rock, Red, White and Blue, Et al. featuring on BBC, also available on iPlayer. The Netflix uh, breakout series of the summer, Tiger King. Uh, we have HBO's sci-fi adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft's work, Lovecraft Country. The AMC Behemoth, that is Better Call Saul, as well as the BBC uh, drama I May Destroy You. So, Dom, who is the winner in this category? I can guess. The winner is... Gross. <laughs> the winner is... Better Call Saul. Oh, hey, what? this is rock. I oh, I didn't believe that. Wow. I thought he was going to go for Lovecraft Country. That's what I thought, wow. because you guys are gross. But yeah, no. Better wow. Call Saul. That is a surprise. That is yeah, a surprise. Exactly. Well, I'm happy. Next. So, what, well, what, you know who didn't vote for that because I haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I do. I've got a theory about that because most of us most have watched more TV this year than at any other time in our lives. We sure. have seen a lot of TV. So perhaps this year we've turned to something that feels like it's a classic already. We're in season five and it feels like it's a modern classic for the ages. Yeah. So. We haven't gone with something new and shiny. We've gone with something which we feel is solid and deserving of recognition. Yeah, new, shiny and full of sex. Whereas Better Call Saul speaks to the, the brain. It gives you a brain-gasm instead. Yeah. So I, 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 <laughs> a brain-gasm? It makes, <laughs> you, you make it sound like we're, we're looking for stability in uncertain times and like Better Call Saul is the rock, bedrock or foundation of uh, Absolutely. better times. I'm happy. Place. I'm completely shocked at one because I thought you guys would go for Lovecraft Country. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy. You go for Lovecraft Country? Because you guys salivated over that for like almost an hour. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? <laughs> so take it down a notch. And I'm sure by the end of the discussion, Jamie still hadn't got her teeth into what she wanted to say. <laughs> no, there's a reason for that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like Jamie still had more to say in it, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is going to definitely win the geekies." But yeah, yeah I'm happy about it because so it's it's reliable, stable. It plays <laughs> to the intellectual mind as opposed to the uh, sexual mind, yeah. and um, yeah, and it's going to be around for I think like one more, one more, two more seasons. I think very cool. One more season, I think. Yeah, and then. Yeah, I think they're going to bring back all the goodies as well. Do you see Better Call Saul as a sleeper hit like Breaking Bad was? Or do you feel that there's enough of an audience there? Because it feels like one of the... Better Call Saul is obviously a spin-off from Breaking Bad, but it's almost like it, it still needs to find its audience. No, nah, like, it hit the ground amazing. running. Yeah. I don't think it would have got to this, like to five seasons where they're releasing it week by week if it didn't yeah. have an audience. Okay. I definitely feel it hit the ground run. It's just like the, the spin-off film El... El Camino. Yeah, as well. Like they, they, It's like Trump's, Trumpians. Yeah. They're there, but they're just not loud about it. Like, yeah. like they probably closet um, Better Call Saul um, audience. But yeah, I mean, they're definitely okay. there. If we're making that decision, 
In, in terms of successes, would you say that Better Call Saul as a spin-off to Breaking Bad has become bigger than perhaps Frasier was to Cheers? Um, it's hard to... Because like Cheers and Frasier were so before my time. I don't know what the climate was back then. Yeah. But I think um, also there was less stuff... There was less less choice back then. Mm. I don't know whether Cheers and his spin-off of Cheers, namely Fraser, would survive if it was yeah. created in today's environment. Okay. I don't think people are looking for laughter track um uh comedies anymore. Yeah. Uh, obviously the notable exception is um what those idiots, the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. But uh, I I feel for Better Call Soul to stand in a sea of where people are consuming things so fast mm. and you've got so many different streaming platforms is like, I think it's testament to how good the writing. The show, yeah. The writing and the acting and things like that. And the audience they have, I'm te- I promise you if they didn't, if it wasn't, it didn't have an audience, it wouldn't have got to five seasons. No way. Not in, not in streaming, streaming world. But do you think also it's because it's got a following that it's doing so well? You know, it, it's consistent, so it, it's kept its following. Because you know, some seasons, you know, you know, you lose viewers because the season goes downhill. But that's what I'm saying. The reason it's able to keep a following is because the writing is so good. Because consistently can, good. Yes, consistently good. Because there's so much choice. People just like, like you said, you could have a bad episode during a season, and people would switch off and say, "I'm going back to that." And find one of the other thousand things on Netflix or Amazon. But I think Vertical Soul has been quite consistent in that sense. Cool. Okay, so let's hit us up, hit the home run, and uh, tap out with the last category, which is best. You mixed up your sporting um, analogies there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's too many words in front of my face. Man. Okay, so best film. Um, we have five nominations and they include Parasite by Byung Hong Yoon and I mean, oh my gosh uh, nicely uh, done I'm, I'm <laughs> um, The Lighthouse featuring uh, Robert Patterson um, The Old Guards um, I'm trying to remember who the actress is in that one now because I didn't see that Charlize uh, Theron yep Charlize Theron and we've also got Knives Out, which starred Daniel Craig. So those are our those are our nominations: Parasite, The Lighthouse, Knives Out, and The Old God. I can't even remember what I voted for. Jesus, I bet you voted for The Old God. <laughs> yeah, you saw The Old God, didn't you, Jamie? Well, I think I think we know. I think we know what you voted for. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> I, I do like. I do like Stephen's nomination because um, last time, if you remember, Stephen voted for Bait, which is a black and white film about fishermen. Yeah. And that led to oh. some lighthearted banter about Cornwall. But yeah. this year, he's voted for The Lighthouse, which is a black and white film about lighthouse keepers. Are we going to so take he's, away... He's doubled down on it. Yeah. Are we yeah. going to take away Stephen's right to watch films? Like, <laughs> this guy... We're not going to disenfranchise him. <laughs> no. He's he he is really like uh, subjecting his eyes to some terrible choices. <laughs> Actually, that was on the phone in it as well. You know, that was supposed to be like a quite a clear claim as well. 
Well, it's kind of like different strokes for different folks, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's his flavour. Oh, yeah, flavor. I think he's the only one stroking that folk. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, you know, if there's like a black and white film about the Coast Guard next year, you know, that the big geeky nom is in the bag. Yeah. Coast Guard. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Uh, he, li- he likes artistic films, though. He prefers artistic films over big blockbusters. So. I think he likes obscure films. Yeah. That's his favourite. This is a guy who loves Doctor Who. Like he, he, he's, 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 he's a cinematic taste all over the gaff. Mm. That's what we like. We like variety. <laughs> okay, Dom. Who's the winner? The winner is Parasite. What? Win. what? <laughs> Double winner. Double winner. It That's did get 50% of the vote. That is disappointing. I, and I MKH, I am with you because I did have a lot of love for Knives Out as well. And I, I feel it should have something somewhere. Yeah, I think it, 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 it. this is, you know, like when a team has played good, but they still got hammered like 5-1. And you yeah. think, no, they didn't deserve mm-hmm. that 5-1 hammering. And that's what I feel has happened to Knives Out. I think they should have got at least something no, from these. This games. is what happens. This is like Liverpool when they lost their league title by one point in 2019. They just got to suck it up and hope there's a Champions League final around the corner. Oh my God. Yeah. I think Bong Joon hit Bong Joon home, <laughs> as I'll say properly. Absolutely butchering that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, no, because you know, with some Korean directors, uh, they, they swap the names around, don't they? It's depending on whether you see the film in Korea or in the UK. They might call him Jun Ho Bong in other places. But um, I think he's an exceptional director. And I, I think he's he's a, he's a great person to kind of be quite up there. But I think the cast of Parasite is very good as well, uh, particularly the actor Song Kang-ho, who I think is um, he's been like a long-time collaborator with Bong Jun Ho. Is that the and, dad? No, no, no. Yeah, he plays the he plays the father yeah. of the poorer family. Yeah, he's been in some very interesting films like The Host, uh, First from two thousand nine, where he plays a priest and turns into a vampire. He was in the original Snowpiercer before it turned into a Netflix series. Uh, so he starred alongside um, Chris Evans, and um, he, he's just had like a massive long career in the Korean film industry making really good films. Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance is another one as well. Mm. So I felt that Parasite was not just a win for the director, but for some of the cast members who had been doing really good work before that as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I've already said how much of a good film Parasite was, but I'm just a bit disappointed. I'm sad. <laughs> Yeah. You can't see through this mask, but I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a sad yeah. face on. <laughs> but hang on, wait, wait. Did, did you just say earlier, Dom, that Parasite had 50% of the vote? It did have 50%. So where's the other 50%? It's a joint winner then. No, no, because no, there's more than two categories. Yeah, so it's split across. Oh, the... oh sorry. Yeah, <laughs> 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 Confused.com. 
Moment, moment. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, hey everyone, James is the scientist of the group. <laughs> my brain is not functioning. Are we are we picking out the, the thread of how Donald Trump might have calculated his losses? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can confirm that the votes were shared amongst Parasite Knives Out. And the old guard and Lighthouse. Okay. But oh, so yeah, definitely, yeah, Parasite definitely won then. If everyone yeah. uh, everyone because I I'm imagining like the other three films where you got one vote each. Yeah. 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 Although, like I said, I did like Knives Out, and I think um, Ryan Johnson is a great writer director with a really profound understanding of several genres. And yeah, he really understands mysteries. Does. Yeah. Amazing. Actually, um, but... my favorite Ryan Johnson film, I think it's still Brick, where Joseph Gordon Levitt is playing the um, the college detective trying to find out who sold the bad drugs to another kid. And I think that I don't think he's made some fantastic films since then, but I still think that's one of his best detective genre films because it hits a lot of the marks quite well. Yeah, um, absolutely. Okay, guys, that was a very nice and I guess orderly um, geeky. So I'm quite shocked at everyone's professionalism. I'm quite happy as well. <laughs> We're not in the same room to hit each other and throw yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and lose pieces of paper. This is this has been yeah. the best one yet. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's so, no way my same time next year, guys. Wrong pile. Yeah. <laughs> Dom tried to do he employ his Russian techniques of bidding votes. <laughs> 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 forging them, forging. Yeah, that's brilliant. He, he's been speaking as Facebook memes to kind of play a voting pack. But yeah, uh, Dom, should you land the plane now? Is it getting to that time? I think it is time to land that plane. So thank you, everyone who stayed with us for this show. This was the Geekies 2020. We are Geek Sweat. Thank you to TJ. See you later. MKH. See you in 2021. Jamie. Thanks, see ya. And me, King Tom, from all of us at Geek Sweat. Happy Christmas and Happy New Year. Goodbye. Happy Christmas. Bye. Bye. Bye.